Welcome to Tuesdays with Andrea. It's the inspiration station for everyday people guiding humanity forward. I'm your host, Andrea Rios McMillan, and every week I pursue conversations that matter with people who can relate to the common struggles we all face. You'll get to know the person behind the profession and find commonality with people of all ages, cultures, and backgrounds. Listen as friends, neighbors, and coworkers offer meaningful, personal explorations of modern life and the values we hold dear, all for the purpose of strengthening and uplifting others. Welcome to Tuesdays with Andrea podcast. Today, we have special guest and close friend, Johnny Hernandez. Johnny and I go way back. We used to work together at Best Buy. Uh, My husband and you are best friends, and uh, I'm excited that you're here. I've been trying to have you on the show for years. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to be here. (laughs) What happened? (laughs) It's been a crazy few years, I think. (laughs) So I'm excited you're here because what I'm interested in learning is how you grew up, the resilience that... Um, I see in you where it came from and why you're so passionate about technology. We're both in the tech space, but this is your your niche, your genre. This yeah. is the world that you live in. You breathe um, technology. You think technology. And so I'm excited to learn more about how that impacted and influenced your life. So let's get started from the beginning. So where did you grow up and what was your upbringing like? I grew up in uh, Chicago. I lived on the east side of Chicago, uh, kind of south of uh, Chicago. It was a you know, rough upbringing, uh, you know, typical single, single mom story. Dad left at a young age. Uh, you know, we, we had the house, the pool, the, the dog and everything. And then after my dad left, we went to poverty, essentially. You know, we, we were struggling. My mom was working, I think, three or four jobs at one point when I was a kid. You know, where we moved was not necessarily the, the safest neighborhood. There was a lot of uh, gang activity and things like that going on. And, you know, as a kid growing up in school, you, you see a lot and, you know, unfortunately, you get caught up in some of those situations yourself. So upbringing was was tough, you know, and things were really difficult. And technology is really the the way I found out of, of that path. You know, I, I mean, obviously, my mom uh, remarried and, you know, she grew herself as well and, and did what she needed to to uh, to provide for us. So, you know, there there was a lot of growth and opportunities there. But for myself, mentally, the first time I got a computer, I remember like, I, I've to this day don't know how my mother paid for the computer. Um, like I know that like it was something I was asking about and that I had showed interest in. I was probably like nine years old or ten years old or something, you know. But I kind of knew what a computer was. I, I grew up playing video games. Even today, I'm I'm 34 now. I'm still a big gamer, and I knew you can play computer games because we had them in school. So I wanted one at home, you know, and she saved money or something for like a whole year and gave me like a computer and you couldn't do anything with it because the internet, well, we didn't have internet, you know, but I didn't know that as a kid. <laughs> I, I think my like experience of turning it on and, and trying to figure out how to use it just like completely enthralled me. I was a big reader growing up. My mom uh, took me to the library often. So it, it, as a kid, I used to jump behind the couch and like read while my family was watching TV. I was, I've never been a big TV person, but I liked, you know, family time hanging out with them. But we had this couch that was sort of in the corner of the room. And, you know, there was like a small enough triangle that you, I could like jump over the couch and sit behind there. So I would hang out back there and just read books all day. And the computer was like the first time that I kind of came out and started, you know, being where people could see me because I was always with my <laughs> nose in a book somewhere. Even today, I, uh, books have been a big part of uh, shaping how I, I see things and where I go to learn. 
But that first like year on the computer was like, how do I use it? What do I do with it? You know, eventually, you know, like all things, you're trying to solve a problem. You know, for me, it's often like, I need to solve this. How can I go and do it? Uh, and so I started making music CDs on, on my desktop. I, I, I opened up the computer to put a, a CD burner inside of it. That was the first time I took the thing apart. And uh, Wouldn't you be scared to take it apart? So this is a device you love, a machine that operates and that takes you to another world or a dimension. What makes you have the courage to open it up and disassemble or... I- I think a lot of that comes Tinker. from my family background. Like my, my family's from Puerto Rico and everyone's very hands-on. Uh, my dad, my I have an older brother, two younger brothers, all of my cousins, uh, pretty much every male in my family I, um, that I, I grew up around works hands-on. Most of them in mechanics. Uh, my, my older brother is gifted with, with cars and works in that space even today. And so the concept of like doing it yourself and doing it with your hands was, you know, that's just what I saw the men do in my family. And uh, fix things. Yeah, fix things, basically, you know. So when something was broken, like, you had to fix it. Like, we usually didn't have money to get another one. And for me, the the computer wasn't actually my first, like, oops, I, I took it apart kind of thing. It was actually our VCR. Um, we... Oh. Uh, my, my grandfather was really into, like, recording things and making home movies and, and that sort of thing. Um, so through him, I kind of learned how to work a VCR like pretty well. And, uh, you know, one day the tape got stuck in there and I didn't know what to do. And my mom wasn't home yet. And so I thought I was going to get in trouble. So I like ran, grabbed a screwdriver, took the thing apart <laughs> and got the tape out. She found out, you know, like the VCR was broken. It was clearly opened and all that. Uh, and I got in huge trouble. Uh, so the fear of opening the computer was really just fear of getting in trouble from my mom that like she was going to come home in this thing that she spent a year <laughs> saving to, to buy. Um, that, was going to be broken. That parent fear is real, huh? Yeah. And, and you know, it, the, the fear was like, I didn't avoid it because I was actually missing a part. So at the time when I opened the computer, I went to the store and bought the CD-ROM and it didn't come with a cable you needed to plug in, which I thought was a total like scam or something. Rip as a, off. <laughs> yeah, as a kid, I was like, what do you mean it doesn't have all the parts? So I had to go back. And in order to do that, I had to like ask my mom because I, I didn't have the money for it. The computer's in pieces, basically, when she gets home. And it wasn't like dramatically in pieces. There was like the cover was off and a couple of screws were out kind of thing. Uh, and, you know, in my whole moment, I was like, she's going to react like the VCR, you know, and she, she didn't care. And then fast, fast forward a bit, I, uh, I kind of just kept using the computer on and off there, but I was still a big bookworm. And then we moved. My family moved to the north side of Chicago, where I went for eighth grade and, and then later high school. So there was like a few years period where I was kind of was like no longer on the computer. And I think a large part of that was because we didn't have the internet. There was only so much you can do with the computer offline. I, I became very good at Minesweeper um, and all the other Windows built-in games. Solitaire. Yeah, solitaire. <laughs> you know, I still know how to do that one. Um, but there wasn't a lot I could do with it offline. Uh, so I started going back to the library. And at the time, there was a... a I feel bad now. I don't remember the gentleman's name, but there was a, an older gentleman at the library that like taught me how to play chess. You know, as a kid, I would like go hang out with this guy and the ultimate game and learn how to play chess. When when I moved, I met friends, new friends uh, in in the north side of Chicago through games and and through like that technology aspect of you know PlayStation and and PC games and stuff. I think probably by the time like eighth grade with the summer between like eighth grade and and going going off to high school we got another computer and didn't have internet again so like i would i was like living off of aol free trial cds and like running up the phone bill and uh, that kind of got on the internet and and because i was a big reader my whole life my first interactions with going online was like to download books basically like you can get 
like a, a, a PDF is really small. Like a PDF size of a book is like incredibly tiny. So like when everyone was like, when Napster was like the big thing and everyone was downloading music, it, it takes too long to download music, at least on my like dial up internet connection. But I could download like 20 books at like the same pace that you get like one album basically on, on that kind of connection. So since I had limited computer time, you know, with my parents, parental controls and restrictions there, you know, it, it, to, to my family, it was like another game console you know, like another Nintendo, basically. Mm -hmm. So I started telling my parents, no, I'm reading. And then they would let me like stay on longer. And then unfortunately, that same summer, I, I started to develop a lot of uh, medical issues. Um, I, I went to Lane Tech High School, uh, went in there in my freshman year. I had a great time there. My, my stepdad, Rick, is from that school as well. So it was cool to like go somewhere that, that a family member went, you know, and, mm -hmm. and help me get in there. At that point, very interested in just learning. Like I, it wasn't so much just computers i just like learning new things and and going through that um process of of like knowing nothing to like i i think i understand this mm -hmm. but at lane tech i met like so many other people like myself who just knew video games who knew it was like a whole new world for me like i felt like i lived a very isolated you know didn't go out very much played sports but like people I, that i played sports with weren't into computers Video games were your yes, thing. So yeah. You found your people in high school. Yeah, but it was the first time that I realized that computers was like really where gaming was happening. Uh, and I made I made a bunch of friends in high school around around that circle. Uh, and then unfortunately, you know, these medical issues kicked up and, and I started missing a ton of school. At one point, I think my sophomore year, I, I might have like actually missed more days of school than I attended. There were some days where I was in the hospital for three or four days at a time. And so I, you know, it's, I was always playing this catch up game at school when previously I was always like a, a good student. School kind of came easy for me. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden it was like this huge struggle and I, it was a new experience. Like I was not used to struggling in school. I wasn't with any of my friends that I had just met. You know, I finally met all these new communities. And, and so I went online. And it was the first time really where... In the it, hospital you went online? No, on, at home. Like I at had home. a home computer at this point. But it was the first time because I was missing so much school and sick all the time and stuff that my parents finally like let up the restrictions of my PC time because I was like... I wasn't going out anymore. Yeah. Uh, so they were like, well, that's how he plays with his friends. And so at that point... I started spending, I mean, like quite literally 24 hours a day straight sometimes, like plugged into the internet. The movie The Matrix had a big influence on me. Um, so? uh, the scene where, where Keanu Reeves says, like, I just learned Kung Fu and he kind of like shakes in the chair after they like plug him in and stuff. Like, I, I believe that that's what I was doing when I was like using my computer, just much slower. Like if you if you think The Matrix is like super far in the future... So they can just plug in and immediately download it. I, I have this phrase I use with my friends. Generation one is like kind of my personal brand, if you will. Um, I don't get that. So gen one is like, for me, technology is hard and it, there's, it's always evolving. There's always new stuff. But it's a common thing that like all people have in that like the Internet landed when it landed. And we are all the first generation users of the Internet. Uh, and so for me, it's like a barrier remover in that when something new comes out it doesn't matter that like you know I was 20 years old or it's like hey that technology just came out we all started zero let's go learn it you know that's true for everybody you know we're all mm -hmm. first generation social media users we're first generation iPhone users and you know these are all new experiences collectively for you know mankind really yeah these are new to you. the pandemic is a good example of that uh, yeah, we're all you know, gen one in some way yeah you know and so to me it's like i started leaning into that you know like i i really felt um that uh 
games, being a gamer, at least when I was in high school, like those concepts were more looked down upon. I think I think now it's cool to be like the the tech billionaire or something, right? Like that's yeah, that's, or gaming. Gaming is you know, basically yeah, a it's an industry and it's a cool profession if you can make money doing it. Yeah, I I think the gaming industry is bigger than like the movie industry. I think even at this point and and like a like a revenue perspective. I don't know if that's ex- exactly true, but it's it's definitely close. You know, it's it's a big audience. At the beginning, it wasn't there, right? It yeah. was it was like oh, you're throwing your life away. You're doing this. You're doing that. But what people didn't realize is the amount of time I was spending on my computer, I was learning how the things work. The first server I ever set up, for example, like where I learned the skill set of like, you know, doing IP addresses and all the technical stuff that goes into that. I needed a place for my friends to drop in because I couldn't go to school. So I was like, hey, guys, I got my own server. <laughs> drop in here. You know, um, <laughs> Meet me at two o'clock. <laughs> when, when it became my world was when I started getting better, like health wise, I was a junior in high school. Do you mind sharing what, what it was? I forget the like technical term. My body would just kind of shut off. And I, because I wasn't getting any warning when that was coming, uh, like I have fallen down stairs and other like I was kind of in the hospital all the time for like rib injuries. Later, they kind of discovered with a therapist that I was seeing that I probably had post-traumatic stress disorder from kind of my upbringing and my dad leaving and stuff like that. My therapist recommended this at-risk youth program that was at a Korean American community center, like local to my neighborhood. The program was an eight-week, eight like, uh, A-plus certification, like CompTIA. CompTIA? Yeah, CompTIA. <laughs> CompTIA. Uh, so, so it was really my first exposure to a structured learning program. And it was the first time that I was learning in a way that was, like, structured. And I had never approached technology that way. I was always prior. It was like, oh, I want to do this. So I need to solve this problem. And most of the time I was like in Google, mm-hmm. uh, how do you build a game server? How do you build, you know, your own computer or something? But never like, you know, here's the beginning. Here's why, you know, the science behind it, if you will. And so I'm in this program and it's a CompTIA full like eight week crash course kind of thing. There's all these other kids like me who have, you know, st- struggling backgrounds and, you know, want to learn computers. So I felt a little more comfortable uh, just being around, you know, not having to explain my, like at school, I was always having to explain myself like, yeah, I'm fine. They kind of talked to me a way that made me feel like, um, less like a, than, yeah, like less than, like, I felt like I was being put down for being sick in the back of my mind. I was like, man, if I had a computer right now, like I'd, I'll I, show you. Yeah. You know, I was, I was like, I, like, I, I don't use those other things. You know, I was, I was so immersed in learning technology that I wasn't learning other things. Like I didn't, I didn't start driving until I was 20 years old because of the health condition. I couldn't do sports in school because it, it was like a liability thing. I skipped a lot of things that like normal teenagers do, but I spent that time on the computer, you know, learning. And, and I, I have like kind of another phrase that I use of, of like, um, like I basically never let school get in the way of my education. Like I, I had a lot of school challenges, but I didn't have trouble learning. And, and so CompTIA gave me this structure. Like if I start here and I get there, I'm going to know this thing. And, and, so, and guys, this is not a CompTIA plug. I promise you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> not a CompTIA plug. This is just a, a very unique coincidence that I happen to work for CompTIA in my full-time job. But I was thrilled to learn that at a young age, it did have such a great impact on, on your ability to take IT to a different level. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, it was, uh, the program was the, like the right way to help someone like me. The real blessing of the whole thing, honestly, was um, at this program, the instructor's name was Jeff Gearhart. Uh, Jeff is my guy. He's, he's my mentor. He's a, a father to me because Jeff saw 
I was curious, like is the word he, I remember the word he used, he's like, you're a curious guy, um, you know, and he's like, why don't you help me teach the thing? And so I got to not only finish the program, but then I got to stay another eight weeks under Jeff kind of being like his teacher's assistant. And uh, he changed my life. I mean, truly, like, he, he often used the, like, Star Wars references of, like, you know, he's a Jedi and I was a Padawan kind of thing. But it was, like, he was a true technologist, like, one of the true people that can, like, speak code and, you know, understood networking and all the different disciplines. And so, for me, I wanted to be like Jeff. Like, I didn't want to just be good at hardware or just be good at software or networking. Like, he could do it all. And so, I wanted to, to do it all. But the the true benefit there was that I had not had probably that whole time in my life that one-on-one attention from like a father figure up until this point, you know, like I had been kind of learning on my own and, and figuring things out. And like when I needed something, I'd ask my parents and they'd point me in the right direction. And then I was off on my own again, you know, that my parents taught us to be very independent. You know, all of my brothers moved out at a young age, kind of got their own jobs, started their own families. They're, they're independent people. Um, Your dad? My, my dad, my, my mom, um, my mom the most, I think, just because you know, like she, I, I watched my mom sacrifice everything to like put food on the table for us. Oftentimes, and, and I don't know if my mom knows that I know the truth behind this, so maybe she'll see this and know, but like my mom would like buy us Christmas gifts and then we would have to move in January. Like she would basically just like skip rent that month because she wanted us to have a Christmas. And I remember seeing her like crying and stuff afterwards. It was like a tough decision for her, but she wanted us to still have a Christmas. You know, like my dad was gone and she's like, I'm going to do this. It was the Christmas that uh, Zelda Ocarina of Time came out. So that game had a huge impact on me, not only because it's a brilliant game, but it was like a time in my life, you know, where it's like, wow, I'm doing this and I like, I have Christmas and we were like very poor. So we didn't really get like gifts and stuff very often. Uh, and so like, it was a special, you know. And but so, you had Christmas. Yeah, you know, but it was like seeing that my mom was having to make those decisions, like made me grow up really fast because mm-hmm. I felt I needed to help. I, I felt I needed to find a way to contribute. And then I got sick. So I felt like I was a part of the problem for a long time. So there was always this like kind of mental struggle with like, uh, like getting in the way. Whereas when I was at the Korean program working with Jeff, I was constantly helping. And he was a brilliant grant writer. He was very into community education, things like that. And he had these ideas for building youth programs. And I was like, I want to build a youth program. And I'm 17 at this point. So like I am a youth, um, (laughs) you know, but I was like, yeah, that's brilliant. You know, but like spending a year with Jeff, I started talking different. And like, I was like 24 in a 17 year old's body, basically. Yeah. And uh, the fact that you were even aware that he was doing grant writing. Yeah. I mean, like, like, he was very good at it though too like it's a for grant writers out there like it's it's tough work you know Mm -hmm. when you're starting a program like you're asking people to fund something that hasn't been done right so there's a a bit of trust building that you have to have Uh, and that's what I thought Jeff was brilliant at like I trusted him explicitly like I would share things with him when when there was a problem that wasn't working like on a machine or you know even in my personal life I would go to him like I had comfort that I like he wasn't going to you know, make me feel less than, as I said, like other people were at, at my, that time in my life, uh, particularly educators were making me feel that way. So it made me less interested in school. By the time I was done with high school, I never thought college was going to be something I would do. Let it like the financial barriers were there and educators made me feel bad, you know, in my high school upbringing. So I was like, that's not the system for me. So I hung out with Jeff more. I, so I started showing up at this not-for-profit center just every day because I didn't have school. I dropped, I, I didn't drop out technically, but I, my mom's very religious and there was a church that was doing like a GED program. And I was like, mom, you know, I think I want to start going back to church. And 
and I feel bad that I tricked her, but I like signed myself <laughs> up for this like GED program. And like, she rushed me to the church immediately. Like she was like so excited. Yes. And I, I got my GED and then that next Monday came and she's waking me up. And I was like, no, I can't, I can't go to school. Like, you know, I, I graduated basically. <laughs> like what I told her. And she was, my mom wanted me to walk across stage and all that. Cause that was very important to her. I, I feel bad that I, you know, I didn't, that wasn't my path. But what would have been my senior year of high school was instead me like walking to this not-for-profit center and just like staying there from the moment they open and to the moment they close in their like free public computer lab. And they offered me a job. I like knew more about their network than like anyone that was there, but they needed someone and I knew the building better than anybody. So I was like, and I was showing up every day anyway. So uh, yeah, so they, they put me on the payroll and I had like my first real uh, IT job, but I would go sit with Jeff and like pitch my ideas on these after school programs. And together we built three youth programs. Uh, they were funded by After School Matters. We, we had BP Fuel as a sponsor for one of them. Uh, Motorola was a sponsor for another. Unfortunately, uh, Jeff passed uh, due, due to COVID during the lockdown stuff. He was uh, in a nursing home and, and uh, you know, people didn't know what COVID was early on. So he, he didn't make it through. And I took it, I took it very, uh, very, very poorly. I, I felt like I was getting up to a point in my life where him and I were going to have our second sort of resurgence, uh, you know, because I would go and visit him and, and stuff and bring him books and stuff like that. And he was getting better. He had like days where he was more lucid than others. Um, but I, I'm thankful at least that he got to meet my wife before we got married. I like had to get his approval and stuff. So I took Jacqueline with me and uh, she got to meet him and stuff. And I, you know, I just for some reason, I had this like idea in my head that like, like I'd get to a point in my life where I could take care of him. So I, you know, I invited him to my wedding and he passed. I, I got married in October 2020. And, uh, you know, he passed just before that. You know, I had a chair for him and everything like that. And, and he was known for wearing these like Hawaiian shirts, uh, like always. That was like signature Jeff, like he was business in the mind, but like party in his spirit. Like even for his funeral, uh, we did more of like a celebration of life, like party, like on a lake house. That was like his happy place, you know. Um, but yeah, so I, I took one of his Hawaiian shirts that he gave me. Like when I, I remember when I moved on after our youth program. So I know I'll, I'll circle back to those. He was like, hey, you're, we're going to meet again when you're grown up, basically, you know. And I didn't fully understand what that meant until after he passed away of, um, what it means to grow up, you know, and it was, and, and in those two years, I feel like, you know, I just got married. I was like a director of technology for a really large co uh, company. I was just working really hard and I wasn't paying attention to any, everything else in life, family and all that stuff. And, uh, and then after he passed, I was like, I'm doing it wrong. I'm not living the knowledge sharing values that he put on to me, you know, and it like his funeral was sort of that wake up call for me of like, I'm using the gift of the technology and I started my own business and like all these other factors that they were all technology based, but I wasn't helping others in the way that he helped me, you know, but Jeff really gave me all those experiences. You know, I was 17 years old. So like Motorola wasn't going to give 17 year old Johnny a bunch of money to, you know, host kids after school to use Starcraft, which is a video game to teach people like, like uh, computer concepts. And it was like a two year period of like in high school, like I feel less than I feel like I, I can't do to 17 and 18. I was so confident in my ability to just learn new things. We moved on. I, uh, my parents moved to Plainfield um, and I uh, started working at Best Buy because, you know, I had to help at home financially. You know, it was very different, very structured. And that's really when I started to get exposed to business, like making me comfortable selling, making me comfortable um, managing money, honestly. It taught me a lot of discipline that I didn't really have 
because um, I, I wasn't in those environments. I, I didn't have a, a fancy TV or anything like that. But the, the other thing that it really gave me was the confidence to speak to people. I was a shy kid. I didn't interact with people very much. Even to this day, I don't really like big like social crowds and interactions. I'm, I'm more of a three or four people around a board game kind of kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, at Best Buy, like you're forced to do it, right? Like it's my job to sell and, and to interact. But I was a Geek Squad agent. And so I also got to do repairs. And so during that whole experience, I was like learning a lot of skills, but I was always telling myself like, how do I go back to like doing my own thing, you know, or, or getting more control over my own hours and time because I wanted to keep learning. And, and so I, uh, because of the CompTIA stuff that I learned where that was A plus, I was like, oh, I just need to up my skill set. then. I, I say that to myself all the time, like, oh, I just need to skill up and then I don't need to be in the situation anymore. And, and it's, uh, it's really a core belief of mine. Like if you're not growing, if you're not learning something new, then you're effectively stuck. I, I like how you said this is your core belief. If you want to get out of a situation, just upskill. Yes. When I would go home after Best Buy, I was constantly learning still. I still had that rhythm of like, like learn a new technology or learn a use video games to learn technology or new certification new, uh, so I wasn't pursuing certifications yet that's how I decided to skill up because I didn't know what to do next uh, and so what I did was I went to I think it was like a federal government website or something like that but I basically looked up what the job market was it was like there's some kind of free resource that tells you like the forecast of BLS report I don't remember what it was called, but I, I went through this report and saw that like network engineers was like an emerging field and there was this shortage of them. I think it, it said it paid like $80,000 or something like that. Like, Done. And I was like, I can do that. Like I know networking and I knew networking from like doing it on my own and like setting up my family's router and like, you know, what you pick up at Geek Squad. But that's like residential networking engineers is like business networking or like enterprise networking. And so I had no idea how to do that, but I had this job title and I started punching it into the Internet. I'm looking at the the job resumes and seeing what the qualifications were. And I was like, I don't have any of that stuff. Uh, So let me go and find them. And and the one that I found was a Cisco certified networking associate. I think it was CCNA. I was like, oh, maybe I'll just try to get that. And, and that'll give me the networking skills and I can go apply for this job. Cause I didn't like the retail schedule. You know, I, I love the job, but the retail schedule is hard, especially if you, are into other things, you know, like if you're an outdoor person, <laughs> you want to have a life, <laughs> yeah, if you want to have family life or any kind of life, really, like it's the the hours are hard, you know. But it was it was a I, I skilled up greatly at Best Buy. Like I got a lot yes. of love for the team there, the people that I met there. I met you at Best Buy. Love it. Met John. He's my best friend. He's my best man at my wedding. Uh, so those are people I'm still friends with over 15 years later, you know. So like the network is always important. You always keep your network strong and and treat everyone fairly because you never know who you're going to meet, you know, like I, and who you're going to keep around. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, it's so like, I remember when I was pursuing this certification that like I, everyone, all of my uh, geek squad peers, like kind of dogged on me for it. It it was all banter, right? Like it's a bunch of guys in a back room telling jokes to each other, you know? Uh, So it was never like personal attacks, but it was also like, you're not going to pull that off or, you know, and and, like uh, I I felt like trapped in a lot of ways. I felt trapped. Um, because I did not, I, I was not a college graduate, you know, I, so there was a lot in my head of like, I can't apply 
to these jobs because the qualification things are all stuff that I don't have, even though I knew I could do the work. Like, and so I convinced myself that like, I just need a, like more training, you know? And so I went back to the lab instead of like applying for jobs and stuff. I was like, I just need to like know everything about everything. And then I can go apply for a job and there's no way they can turn me down. So I went back to the grind and started doing that, but I was getting more and more unhappy. I felt like so trapped of like, you know, I know how to do this, that, and the other. Nobody will give me a chance. And so I started getting more into sales. I got like, I felt like I can sell anything to anyone. And I wanted to get good at that and practice that. So I started leaving the Geek Squad station, just wandering around the store. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was kind of encouraged at, at the Best Buy that I was working at. Uh, I met a woman named Deborah Cleveland. Uh, and she happened to be a CFO at the time. And she was just in Best Buy buying antivirus. And uh, she was a very brilliant woman, someone re- who was ahead of her time. She was reading about like cloud technologies and stuff when like, that that wasn't even a word people were using yet, you know, but she was like connected and knew. And for a CFO to be like that tech leaning speaks to her brilliance, you know. Mm-hmm. And then she spoke to you because of her tech leaning. Yes. And so like I got my little Geek Squad uniform on and my clip on tie and, and she's in the antivirus aisle. I was doing so much current reading that I lost track of the fact that she was asking me questions unrelated to Best Buy. And I'm like answering these questions. And she just paused me. She's like, what are you doing here? Like, and she genuinely, she's like, why do you work here? And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? I'm just help, helping you out. Like, like this, this is the antivirus. This one's not going to do what you're asking for. And I just went back to like sell mode, you know? And she's like, you know, I've been asking my team to give me a solution on this for a while. And I'm in here talking to Geek Squad because I don't like their answer. And like, you just answered it like on the spot, you know? And she offered me a job. She brought me in and, and I, I made the jump from retail to corporate. And uh, so what's the what's the lesson there? Be prepared. Yes. Well, so I was prepared because I was skilling up all the time. Like I knew the answers to the questions because I was doing the same research that she was doing, but more from a technical lens where she had more of a business viewer lens. But I like to get my hands dirty. I want to know the engineering, the ones and zeros, the whys behind how it works. And you Uh, were ready for the moment. And I was exactly, you know, if you're if you're not ready for those opportunities, I think more importantly, you got to be able to recognize that you're even in an opportunity. It's not like she was walking around going like, Hey, I'm a CFO and I have hiring power and you know, I lead to a technology team. And depending on how you answer this question, if she would have said that at the start, who knows? Right. Mm -hmm. But she didn't say any of that. She was just buying antivirus and we had a good conversation. And because I was ready in that moment to have the conversation, she brought me in. And I, I could have just been one of those days where it's like, man, I don't want to go talk to that customer, you know? And then I missed, I missed that. You're, you missed the window. Yeah. And I, w- I wouldn't, I, maybe I'd still be at Best Buy. Who knows? But you didn't miss the window. And I think another key factor to call out there is your uh, GM at the time. Lisette Lisette Martinez, Martinez. who was another leader who had a huge impact on it. Yeah, so ingrained in one of her values is letting people grow, letting people go outside of their boundaries and do what is best for you. And so in this position, you weren't stuck at Geek Squad. Mm -hmm. You were able to have access to the floor. You were able to to go outside of your traditional scope of work, which leads to you being able to expand your skills in a a non-traditional way. For me, like those little moments are why I'm always so passionate and and i feel lucky i feel i feel blessed every day that like i do what i do because now i i I manage like thousands of virtual machines in the cloud and it's it's a whole different world than you know when i back when i was making rockets and putting a fan on my computer Mm -hmm. but it's it's those small moments um those sparks of of, well other the people around you as well like you know lissette was a young leader and making some changes and let me out on the floor right 
now I meet Deborah. You know, this is why we need more women in leadership. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's it's two women that gave me my first chances, my first opportunities there. You know, I remember Lisette recommended a book, uh, 360 Degree Leader, that like I, I read that in like three days. Like I got it and I was like, this is changing my life. Mm-hmm. And I brought that I brought that mentality into this support job, this corporate job. It was like a like a power up, you know, because like everyone else was like uh, they had just got out of college. This was also kind of maybe their more entry level job. But the path that they had took in their four years getting their education there to then their first entry level IT job was not as hands on as my path. And on top of that, I read this book, 360 Degree Leader. So now I'm like, I can lead in any position. Yeah. So I'm the brand new support guy like given orders and like I just changed my persona like and it was because of Deborah because of Lisette and really just all the other people around me that I saw they were going for it you know and I started to tell myself that like and I learned this from Geek Squad really that like I my technical skills were higher and that I needed to trust my you know we all wear the same tie and stuff but like I'm I'm putting in eight to nine hours a day you know, after work, like I'll go home and do another eight hours and and like read a book or, you know, like I spent a lot of times at Barnes and Nobles, like all the other college kids were sitting there doing their, and I was (laughs) me with my one computer. You were more of a student. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing it too. Let's, let's go. I can't afford the coffee. But, uh, you know, those, those little moments, the, the light bulb went off of like how prepped I was, you know? And so I had this confidence that I kind of feel like Deborah put it in me in, in a way because she gave me the chance, you know, she hired me and, and I was like, I didn't have the CCNA yet, you know, but you know, you got to stay on the ladder. You got to keep going. I eventually kind of outgrew that position because now I think I can learn and do anything. My girlfriend at the time and I, we had just split up because Johnny's this new crazy, like fast paced outgoing guy. Like I just was no longer a good partner like myself because I was so invested in my own self-development that like I had the blinders on to kind of everything else we were with us both paying rent like I could you know put a hundred dollars or whatever but like if I'm just covering all the bills now myself I was like I have no way to take this class and I I again had that sinking feeling of like like because I just didn't make enough like by the time my bills and everything so instead I I kind of got to get creative a little bit in how you get around education I started going on eBay and I would buy like old networking equipment. And so I, for a while, I was teaching myself networking by like buying old hardware, basically. So I leave, I leave the company with Deborah. I go work at this job. They were looking for uh, someone with Google Cloud experience. At that time, I had um, taught myself how to do uh, email migrations, mm-hmm. which was basically like getting people out of their current mail system and putting them in the cloud basically and particularly google cloud is where like my my expertise was so i got to travel for work basically dropping in at a company grabbing all their email throwing it in the cloud making sure everything you know works and then flying somewhere else and i was a really small startup and the company name was cloud bakers uh really cool tech focused people everybody worked out and like had like i felt like i had truly made it it was my first downtown chicago job i was like wow this is this is what being an adult is you know <laughs> this is adulting and you know nice. and this whole thing <laughs> And it was the first time in my moment where I realized, like, don't only focus on playing catch up. Like, I was always feeling like I was behind, that I had to catch up to college graduates and catch up to, um, you know, people who were already doing the the technical work. Like, okay, CompTIA is the very beginning, and then you learn this one that you know, and, and I was then so, CCNA, and then yeah, and I was so ladder focused that I was like not pulling the trigger on on um, the 
pursuing the jobs, basically. Mm-hmm. I, I kept thinking I needed all these qualifications. That was when the light bulb went off that like my ability to learn and my willingness to just learn the new thing, That's that was the transformation. Like That's how I started getting higher paying jobs, meeting more like-minded people who were kind of go-getters and who also learned the new thing yeah you know and it's it's about not being afraid to just put your foot out there first you know and so now even today when i'm constantly like when there's new trending whatever like people are talking about cryptocurrencies and metaverse and all that like two three hours a day you know i'm like i'll put some time to read it you know if not i'll put some time on the weekend i like to if i'm doing like a workout on the peloton or whatever like throw an audio book in and you know just find way like shortcuts to get the information of what's trending current Mm -hmm. and then now it's like can i go learn those technical skills do they align is it something cool that i want to do and then you can pursue it with the networking there was a way to do it. I, I was trying to go to college, like part-time, after hours. They had a cool night night school program. And uh, it was to get an associate's degree in networking. And it's like a two-year program. And I was like, it was a struggle, man. Like, I like my hat's off to everyone who does night school and works and everything. Because it was, it was very hard. Like, most days I was too tired to, like, effectively absorb what the teacher was always saying. And so then I'd like be trying to catch up like because, you know, like I was most night school programs are like one day a week, but you're not like going every single day. So it's like a lot more crammed in. And uh, I got frustrated because I was like, I'm, I'm going to kill myself working this much. And so I wasn't taking care of myself. I was like just, you, you know, grinding myself down and like not eating good. I, I think I was having McDonald's like three or four times a week um, and just not really taking care of myself. And I was like, there's got to be a different way. And so that's when I went and found out that I could do like a boot camp for CCNA and you get the same certification. And I was like, well, you know, like I don't really need all the extracurriculars like the, this, the associate's degree brings because mm-hmm. I already work in IT. I'm trying to work deeper in IT. So let me just go deeper into to learn this skill set. Let me go deeper faster. Yeah. And so I, it was the stupidest thing I ever done and the best thing I ever done because like this, this course is five grand and I got a thousand dollars and basically like no way to pay for it. Um, and, uh, I borrowed like two grand from a friend. It was a few friends actually, but kind of like pieced it together. Uh, took my thousand dollar rent money. And I think my credit card that I owned at the time, like had like a $2,000 limit or something like it was, there was like nothing on there, but I basically like charged every dollar that I owned to buy this program and put myself in a hotel for seven days. And I did like 8am to midnight every day, just going through the material, practicing on the simulators, going through the material, practicing on the simulators. And I had realized that the stuff I was buying on eBay was Cisco hardware. And so I already had a lot of hands-on experience, but in my mind, I wasn't ready, you know, but because I was doing that self-training, I was ready. And, you know, after that, I passed it. I got the cert. Two weeks later, I, I applied and, and got that got that job. Like, I, like it was it was kind of right at the wire. Like, I sent in my application, and I was like, I'm going to go get this certification. So the Cisco Network uh, Associate? CCNA, yeah. What, yeah. what the job that associates or correlates with that? Yeah, so I, w- I was basically working. Uh, at this point, I was trying to start my own business. I, I learned so much Google Cloud stuff, but I was no longer doing hands-on work because everything in the cloud is non-physical, and I had missed working with my hands. And so I had I had the idea that I wanted to do like home automation and like leverage networking, Google Cloud and everything for for family offices. I think today they call them like managed service providers. MSPs, yeah. yeah so I was going to be like a one man MSP is what my 
20 something year old brain was thinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I needed this skill set. And again, another company just gave me a chance. I let them know like, hey, I was very transparent in the interview. I was like, I am very, very strong in these Google products. Like this is I've, I've spent like the last three years of my career learning, mastering and doing this. And I'm, I'm like freshly certified in CCNA. Like I, here's the cert, like I just got it, you know? So like no one's networking knowledge is as current as mine. That was the line I was using. It's like, it's not about five <laughs> years experience. It was like, I learned it yesterday, you know, like, <laughs> like I know how it works today. Because the, the thing is, is that these accelerated classes or tech boot camps, uh, trade programs is what they're becoming or technical mm-hmm. schools. They're very, very in demand now and very useful. Yes. Uh, but at the time, they were very new. It's very frowned upon. And and so if you didn't have your associate's degree, you know, how were you going to get the certification? Because that's traditionally the format that they were yep. taught in. And that's that's why I was, that's exactly right, why I was pursuing College of DuPage, because they had associate's degree and networking, you know, and so I was pursuing these things. And I just showed up because I ran out of time, you know, two years was too long. Um, and I, I showed up to that interview like I don't have the degree, but no one's knowledge is as fresh as mine because it's current. Like, and and I still believe that you know, like like there's new technologies today coming out all the time. So I think it's more accepted that like learning fast is is like almost a requirement now to yeah. to compete in in the technology field. But back then it was still very. Um, like you go to college, you get computer science or you get computer engineering or, you know, something in that field or telecommunications. Uh, and then you get your entry job and you kind of work your way up. Uh, certifications now are way more accepted, you know, especially for like coding boot camps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that put me in that mindset of like, I can do this. And I work with this family office and was trying to be an entrepreneur running around. You know, I, I worked with a lot of restaurants, uh, setting up Wi-Fi. I was like, you can be just like Starbucks and have like Wi-Fi in your, <laughs> in your thing. And I'll set up the whole thing for $500. And like, you could do it for $500. I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, big businesses, they use bigger versions of what little businesses can use. And that's like, for me, my, my consulting business has really always been about that because I came from a low-income background and, and I really struggled, but I didn't have access. And, and now today with, with the cloud technologies, you could be just as competitive. And because of scalability, you can use the cloud today and just pay less. The prices scale to your consumption. So like if you're a, a single shop, yeah, offer Wi-Fi to your customer, like set up a rewards program, like all of these things. Like technology is the step one. Like for most things, if you're trying to learn something new or you're trying to enhance a business or you're trying to enhance a personal life, you turn to technology now. Like even for diet or working out or something, like you're probably going to Google and it's like, what's the, you know, best Or Peloton. Yeah, you know, Peloton. Peloton's a great example. I love Peloton because it's like, it's, it's a current example of what I tell people. Like Gen 1 is happening still to this day. That we're used to the internet, but the internet is not done disrupting the rest of the industries. You know, like if you look at every industry, it has it, the internet influence it yet? No, then it will. And when it does, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be what we see, ever, like what we saw Uber do, what we see Netflix do, you know, and Peloton's another one, like how long have home sport bikes been around? You know, like mm-hmm. they've been around forever. Uh, someone added an app, right? And they made it accessible and they made it friendly and they, and they made it about the end user, right? Putting, you know, people there. Now they're the biggest selling bike, you know, and so it's like I try to encourage people to like don't be afraid to like look stupid or not know something because what I've learned in technology is like, we're all just figuring it out right now because it just came out a year ago. And then this is the um, maybe this is true intelligence, knowing that 
we don't know everything. It's a fast learn, fast pace, always yeah. innovating. There is always a Gen 1. We're all in a Gen 1 mode or space, um, but it's taking that next step. Upskilling, investing in your training, and then being ready for those opportunities and being able to identify the opportunities that make moments. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, the moments is what you're looking for. I think like, it's why I do it. You know, it's, it's, uh, you'll make money. That's one thing you need that to live after a certain point, the amount of money you make doesn't really matter. Like if you can pay your bills and you can eat well and take care of your family, like you have enough, you like you, you, you can do more if you want, if you got a goal for it, but, um, you need purpose behind everything you do. You know, it's why I'm a big gamer as well. Like, um, I, I think, about things in systems right and everything is these small systems and video games are are really a lot about uh game loops is like game developers are creating a game loop that's fun and engaging and tries to get you to do it over and over again the system that makes the loop work is how the game functions and eventually you get good at the game because you learn the systems technology is the exact same way and and i think gaming has helped me be a rapid learner in a way that's uh, a competitive advantage against my peers who are non-gamers. Uh, I think the biggest example that I would probably give to that most recently that people can resonate with is um, working from home and having like a full desktop setup and having multiple screens and, you know, the, that productivity uh, environment. Like if you take a tech person who's been playing PC games their whole time and you throw them on a mouse and keyboard, there's no ramp up. Like there's, I don't have to train that person, ex explain nothing to that person. They, they probably are going to teach it to me. You know, I got to just get them to the technical barrier side. Right. But then they're also going to learn that technical barrier faster in some, in, in a lot of instances because they they're wired for learning new systems, learning new mechanics. So you have hiring power in your positions. Are you saying that you would hire a gamer versus a non-gamer? Uh, no, I mean, like, I, I would definitely give it consideration. Like I, I'm a big believer in getting like the right candidate for the right position all the, all the time. Uh, and that, and that's, there's a lot of things to that, right? Like I've, I've hired many people who were maybe less experienced, but they covered a lot of other, you know, they were better communicators. They, they fit in with the team better. Um, they were more willing to learn. They kind of gave me this excitement of like, this guy wants to grow. Um, you know, so I think, I think gamers have a lot of that inherently and just how they're wired from playing video games mm -hmm. like when you pick up a new video game you can watch a child do this like if you give a controller to like a five-year-old or an eight-year-old they will learn how to play the game without the parent coming in the way that they went through that process is learning mm -hmm. like there's you know it doesn't matter that they're playing a video game at the end of the way they it's... they learn they went through a learning process yeah uh, if you play a lot of video games especially if they're like strategic in nature or require rapid decision making things that you encounter in business like i, I played a lot of they call them real-time strategy games basically they're like uh they're kind of like mini war games where you're playing against someone but you're making decisions in split seconds basically like you look at their base oh that that's what i saw i need to build this to counter it and then you go throw your army at it and now they change their army you got to switch it again uh and so that that split second decision making has saved me tons of times because like now I'm in a leadership position and I, I, I've uh, in really all of my leadership roles, sometimes you got to make the call, right? And like, you don't always have time to make the best decision. Sometimes you just got to call it and go, right? And and respond to something, especially in IT with outages and incident response and that sort of thing. Um, I think gamers are a little bit more comfortable staying calm. They're used to making decisions quickly because of the nature of 
playing video games. Joshua's going, I hope one day he listens to this podcast. But <laughs> he's, if he does, he would love to hear you say this because it would be his um, reasoning and rationale of why yeah. I should let him play more. Some games are so technical. Some games are, you know, you look at like esports and, and e-gaming now where like people can make livings playing, competing on games. There's uh, Twitch TV, which is, I think, just as big as YouTube. And, you know, that's a career now. You know, those are paths that people should be more open to that were you know similar to myself they weren't available in the beginning but some people lean into that now there's a huge industry behind it but someone had to be like yeah i don't know i'm gonna quit my job and like (laughs) just sit here throw a camera on me and play the game you know okay so what would you say to the people who are non-gamers listening to your story and your journey so far what's the takeaway i i think the takeaway is is to be comfortable learning like like be more stubborn of of uh, wanting to learn the task, then you are telling yourself you can't do it. Um, and, and that's whether you're a gamer or not. And so it, it's okay to spend an hour a day, 30 minutes, whatever you have to, you know, tw- use Blinkist and give yourself 20 minutes. The same way you take care of your, your body health, you know, a little exercise here and there, you have to take care of your, your, um, your knowledge health as well. And, if, and, and technology is just an easy way to go and try something new, you know, build a website, set start up a podcast, start a podcast. Yeah. I, I mean, like I share I'm, your knowledge, share, share your knowledge, because that's how you're going to learn more. You know, like if, if you're learning something new, and you're sharing it with others, like you're excited about it, you're going to retain it so much better, you know, so really just embrace, you know, whatever your background is, just embrace taking that first step to learn something because, you know, more than likely, everyone's not too far from, you know, where you're at. Thank you for listening to Tuesdays with Andrea. There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and I appreciate you making the time to listen to mine. If you like this show and want to know more, check out TuesdaysWithAndrea.com or please leave a review on iTunes or drop a line in the YouTube comment section. Until next time, please stay kind in your mind, nice on the web, and stay hella hopeful in your heart.